You're listening to another episode of the Anavivo podcast. Thank you for your time. Oh yeah, you already know. Every time we bring it back to the Anavivo podcast live here on beautiful Woodby Island, Washington. And today I have none other then special guest and fan of Anavivo Podcast. I, I could probably say the number one fan. The only one that interacts with my podcast, at least. Mr. Kevin Bloss of also beautiful Woodby Island slash here from the South Pacific, which we'll get into in a little bit. But before we jump onto the air and introduce you fully, I would like and you would like to open up in prayer. Because this is going to be an episode that I think is going to really resonate with a lot of our fellow believers, a lot of our own, our spouses and our kids, and also a lot of um, just what is truly on our hearts. So yes. I think that's a good <laughs> starting point is to... Hello, by o- the way. Open, <laughs> hello, and oh. open in prayer and uh, give the glory to God. So, Mr. Kevin. All right, let's pray. Lord God, we come before you, and I just ask you that you would call my spirit and allow me to just speak what you want to speak. Thank you for Tim, and thank you for just this podcast. It's fun, uh, informative, uh, gives you glory, and just gives us common folk something to listen to to pass the day, but also <laughs> to think about things and and to just uh, enjoy community. Mm. Uh, also, uh, just want to make sure that uh, I give you the stage, Lord, uh, and that we um, just fall back in the background and let you do what you want. And we just pray that anybody who is listening to this that doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, that you would uh, convict them in their spirit by the Holy Spirit that they need you, uh, that they're a sinner just like everyone else, um, and that we need to, uh, in order to receive your salvation, uh, repent from our old ways, from our sin, and give it over to your son Jesus who died on the cross and, Mm. and buried that sin and rose again to defeat it in order to uh, satisfy the wrath of God for all sin, uh, but also to gift us eternal salvation and be made right in your eyes as mm. our gracious Father. And I just pray that anyone who's hearing this and has questions about that would either reach out to Tim or me or anyone that they know uh, mm. trusts in your word and that they can uh, walk with them through that uh, to make that decision. Mm. And we just pray that anything we say would glorify you. And we know some things we may say that is unintentionally um, maybe false. We don't mean to uh, push forward false ideologies or mm. things that are untrue, but we're human. And we, me personally, I'm a hothead, so hopefully <laughs> I will uh, calm that down so that you can uh, do your work and that you can just shine today. Mm. And we just pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, thank you. Kevin, I think that sets the stage for a good start on this episode. I am honored and blessed to have you and your time uh, this evening. (laughs) And as someone who uh, encourages me by saying, hey, I listen to your podcast, (laughs) that's not also my mom, I am uh, uh, just deeply encouraged by by you and uh, your family by extension um, and honored and blessed to have you on the show. So Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we go back uh, years, and uh, for the audience context, what I want to do today, at least in this first part of the episode, is kind of hear more of your story, 
and hear more of how that how God plays into your story. And it, it could be your testimony, but it could also be a, a broader extension of that and and where you came from, how you ended up here, what that looks like, trials, successes, how the Lord got a hold of your heart and yeah. and what that brings you up to today. Because I've known you since youth group days. Yeah. Years and go years and go. Yeah, a long time <laughs> so ago. We have, now we're both married with kids and uh our mentors of the past, great men. Uh, titans of the faith um, have poured a lot into our lives. And so now we have this opportunity to share that back with our own kids, but now, in this case, our listeners. And so uh, as much as I'm encouraged and honored by you, I want to share that (laughs) with everyone listening. So why don't you start us off with um, who you are, where you came from, your kind of your background. All right. Um, (laughs) I am by ethnicity, Chamorro, Guamanian, uh, my dad is Yummy. full Guamanian, <laughs> and uh, he um, married my mom. They both are in the Marine Corps, and my mom, she is Irish and German, and all kinds of mix of, uh, can I say the Aryan race? <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that sketchy to say? Um, we'll cut that out. Anyways, um, yeah, so they got married. They met when they were, I think, for pretty young in, in the Marine Corps career. Uh, they both retired from the Marine Corps, or Marine Corps, uh, I think at the 25-year mark. But anyways, um, wow. they weren't believers at the time, and I think it was about, <clears throat> sorry, to move backwards. Yeah, I was adjusting your mic yeah, yeah, right yep. there the whole time and in your face, so I apologize. No, it's, it's good. Also, I should say for the listeners, you know, this is a non-professional podcast. I say that a lot for those of you who have listened the previous episodes, and I apologize for blowing out your uh, right speaker, uh, Don. Um, but <laughs> this is a, you know, we try our best here, and we're in the home with uh, kids and a dog and everybody running up and down. But uh, and I might, I might bring that uh, <clears throat> score down for for Tim here. And <laughs> well, we both have deeper voices t- today on the air, so we're going to have to kind of increase the gain in this case. But uh, speak higher. Yeah, no, <laughs> speaking a higher voice. <laughs> Okay, and forgive so, me if I say um a lot, so we'll put that out there. As as we do. So your your parents, your Chamoran, your parents uh, met in the Marine Corps. Yep. Got married. Yep. In Guam? Um, You know, I probably should know all this. I No, they got married. Where did they get married? <clears throat> See, I should have done my homework. All I know <laughs> on, on my family. <laughs> is I was born in Okinawa, Japan, on okay. the military base there. Oh, cool. So. To your mother who was... Marine. Yes, Marine Corps. Yep. Guamanian mother. Oh, no. Uh, Irish. I'm sorry. Irish German, yep. And my dad's full Guamanian. Your dad was the Guamanian. Yep. In, also in the Marines, but neither of your Irish or Guamanian parents were there. They were in Japan, stationed in Japan in Okinawa, where you were born. Got it. Okay. Yes. I'm up to speed. Yeah. I'm not in my <laughs> head because I'm trying to make sure I know that. That's, right. That's correct. <laughs> so anyways, I was only there for two years of my life, so I don't remember anything besides a home video, I think it was of my birthday, in a questionable Easter bunny character that was at my birthday party. (laughs) Or it might have been my brother's birthday party. It might have been my brother's birthday party. Um, So anyways, from Okinawa, we came to the States um, after they served their, uh, what is it, uh, their their debt? What do they call that when you're overseas? Yeah, debt. Okay. Prison sentence. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Tour, Tour of duty. Yeah, yeah. And then, so before that, 
my brother was born in California. Sorry, Chris, if I got that wrong. He's also in the Marine Corps. <laughs> I know he, he ended up in Southern California. Still in the Marine Corps? Yeah. He's your older brother? Older brother, yeah, by okay. four <clears throat> years. So he was born to your parents first? Yes. Then you came along? Uh, no, my brother and then my sister oh. and then me. Okay. Yep. And that's it? And then half-brother uh, far before that. Okay. He's quite a bit older. I think he's like 10 years older than we are. And you're still close to your siblings? Uh, my or brother and my name? sister, yes. My sister more so because she lives here um, in Oak Harbor. My brother, yes, but because of the Marine Corps and just life, right, uh, we right. only see each other probably once, twice a year. So he's down in... in um, uh, 29 Pendleton. Oh, 20. Yep. Oh. oh he, I think he was, he was in Camp Pendleton okay. for a little bit, and then he went to... I think Germany, Germany okay. and Africa, and, and then, then he came had back. To come so, back to Twenty Nine yeah. Palms. <laughs> yeah, Twenty Nine Palms. No, I take that back. He Sorry. was he was in Twenty Nine Palms when he first got in. Okay, that makes sense. And then he did a whole bunch of uh, you know like three year, six yeah. year deals, and then he's back there now. And he, I think he wants to end up in Camp Pendleton. Okay. When he um, retires. Okay. Which I think this one after this one will be twenty years, and then he can wow. decide when, what he wants to do. Yeah. Thank you for your service, Chris. Yes. So then your sister is here. And mm-hmm. what does she do? Uh, she is, lack of a better term, daycare for the military. Oh, cool. But she's like a head yeah. manager. Okay. The one off of Regatta, the, yeah, fa- the fancier yeah. one. We need a lot of those people. Yep. For sure. So yeah. that's awesome. And yeah. so so she was born in Okinawa also, or she? Uh, she was born in Virginia. Okay. So your parents were basically PCSing all around. Yeah. And you guys were getting born as, as they went. Yeah. And P- then you. PCSing is. Moving. Yep. All around. And then you ended up back, and they ended up back here. And yeah. that's how you got to Oak Harbor. Uh, no, they ended up in Southern California, Camp Pendleton. Okay. And they actually ended up uh, getting divorced when I was five, okay. six, seven years old. Okay. And then he, uh, my dad stayed down there, finished um, finished getting retired uh, in Southern California. <clears throat> and then we moved up to here to Washington. And so With your nine, dad after he retired? No, no, just with oh. my mom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my dad stayed in Southern California. And me, Irish mom moved up here. Yes. Okay. Irish German mix. Yes. Yeah. The Saxons. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, they are. Is she? I don't know if she, uh, on the Irish. That's probably more Scottish. Anyway. Okay. The white mom. Yes. The Anglo-Saxon European mother moved yes. up here. Yep. And, and I'm saying this for the audience because Kevin is like the darkest person I know, <laughs> and so uh, <clears throat> I would call you full Guamanian if I didn't know better. But you're actually completely half so I'm, I'm what they I didn't the, know you had so much Irish blood yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm what the locals would call Chimali which is tomorrow and Hallie which is uh, derogatory so yeah yeah anyways I know Hallie I used to watch Rocket Power oh. so. <laughs> <I used to laughs> or, or Shoebies I guess is yeah 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 correct <laughs> okay so your mom moves up here how, how did she move up here she's a former Marine why did she was she from would be I mean this is a Navy place and sort of a random place for yeah. her to come up here so she was already retired and I think she heard from a friend, whether it was down in Southern California or maybe something she knew up here. Okay. Um, that it was a good place to raise kids. Wow. So we moved up here, kind of didn't know anybody actually. Yeah, seriously, and, pre-Facebook, pre-Twitter. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Pre-MapQuest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so we moved up here and we started going to Fathom Bible Church in 97. Okay. Well, we, we moved up here in 97, which I was in second grade then. Yeah. So. Okay. And then... Um, Family Bible, and that's how you ended up in Oak Harbor. So you started going to school up here, uh, yep. got involved, and you were the only sibling 
to come up here or was your sister also? Oh no, you? all three of us. Yeah. So oh, I Chris was, okay. yep. I was seven. That'd make my sister, I think nine. My brother was 11 or 12. Okay. So you yeah. guys all came up here. Yep. Uh, and then what? Uh, we all went to the local elementary school, which people may not know it as Clover Valley, but now it's Head Start. No, mm-hmm. not Head Start. What's the one with the early learning? Early uh, toddler center. Yeah. Early learning and then, to- over and by the, sen- uh, the senior center in the pool? No. Or down by the base? Yeah, down by the base, yeah. Hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Home hand connection in, and yep. home hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, home connection hand in hand. <clears throat> uh, back then it was Clover Valley. Clover Valley, yeah. It's <laughs> where all the ghetto kids went <laughs> from the northern side. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's at our Crescent Harbor out on the <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> east side. Yeah. No so, offense to all you, Crescent Harbor. <laughs> hey, we all survived. We're, we're, I mean, <clears throat> supposedly we're all productive members of society, right? So, Apparently, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> twitch, twitch. <laughs> Twitching over here. <clears throat> so you um, you guys got here, and then you had mentioned in a text that your mom had remarried. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, and if I remember correctly, our church used to have something called, it, it was like a rehab program. I don't know if you remember I what remember it was I remember that. Mm-hmm. I'm blanking on Led it right now. Led by Stu. Yeah, I he. Be, I think he became yeah. the leader of it, and that's how he, he was in that program because he. Uh, I can't remember if it was at the time he was a recovering, mm-hmm. uh, drug addict, al- you know, alcohol. Not really alcohol, but I think it was more drugs. Um, mo- most excellent way. Is yeah. That what it was? yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah most yeah, excellent yeah. way. It was out of the mm-hmm. B building out of our yeah. church, and I can't remember if it was on Friday or, or Wednesday night, and I'm not sure exactly how they they met. Maybe it was just on a Sunday. Um, someone said that my mom was single mm-hmm. and that he was single and then kind of <laughs> the history, you know. <laughs> history after that, they got, yeah, they got married. I don't even remember if, if it, there was a wedding or if it was at the courthouse. Cause you were, you were in middle school at this point. Uh, elementary school. Elementary. Yeah. Only, okay. only seventh grade. So. Okay. Which is weird. How seventh grade, middle school. I'm sorry. I keep saying seventh grade. <laughs> that was what, uh, prim- I was seven years old. Okay. Okay. In second grade. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, so it was, I mean, these are early, obviously formative years for you, mm-hmm. but but somehow the Lord brought you here, and not just here, but then to the church, which is. And had your parents prior to the divorce been? Had you guys been raised in the church and been going to that? So we were uh, Catholic or raised Catholic, I guess. Okay. And we would ju- we'd go to mass, and I wouldn't say it was like religiously. Mm-hmm. It would be like on Sundays, on occasion, kind of in and out. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Kind of like how I guess modern day uh, churchgoers, Christian sure. churchgoers, go just on like Easter and all that stuff. We would go a little more frequently, um, but it wasn't wasn't anything that um, I guess I put as my own, if that makes sense. Right, right. So, and I don't, I don't know about my mom because uh, at the time I was basically forming my memory because I don't think I don't remember anything. <laughs> I think beyond four you were years. Sprinkled with water from the priest, and that's yeah. about all you remember. <laughs> I do. Have, I think. I think I do have a picture of that, but uh, I don't. <laughs> remember a little any white. Of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. Cool. So. Um, so then she came up here, but somehow ended up coming to Protestant, to obviously to Family Bible, which is a Protestant yeah. church. So and I think at the time when we came up here, it was non-denominational. Which or, yeah, yeah, and but not thing. Catholic, and so yeah. What caused that shift? Was it the divorce? Was she? Was it your dad that was sort of the more? Uh, Catholic yeah, definitely. leader and your mom was sort of following that or was she the Irish Catholic? I think it was more so my dad because he's still, he's still a practicing Catholic. Okay. Um, but from hearing him speak, um, I would say he's a practicing Catholic, but a believer mm. um, in Jesus Christ. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I know a couple of families like that that are just amazing. 
yeah. and, and believers. Yeah, cr- true true Christ followers mm-hmm. as opposed to the the religiousness and the 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 symbolism and the the acts and the work yeah. kind of stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah, so, and there's definitely still traditions there. <clears throat> um, but you would call him a believer. You you believe he'll be in heaven alongside your mom. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Uh, everything that he's he's said to me, and of course, there's definitely the action that needs to be there. Um, I'm, yeah. Um, and I guess as I, in my 35 years of age, um, I'm starting to understand more and more of what like true faith is. Mm, um, mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact verse, but it talks about basically those that endure in the faith, yeah. they will be rewarded with the promise. Right. Um, I'm sure I'm butchering that verse, but basically showing that those who are truly believers will endure throughout the end. It's not just a one and done decision, like mm-hmm. it'll affect the rest of your life. So can I ask, and you can shake your head no and um, give me the throat cut symbol uh, for the uh, <laughs> episode here. Can I ask why your parents divorced then? If they, to me, as an outsider, they sound like two wonderful, believing, uh, Christ-following people. Yeah. Um, now then, I have to say they're also Marines, so maybe that's why. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. No. Shout out to my Marine brother. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that's a good question. Yeah. And um, so for the longest time, uh, I thought it was something my dad did mm. and, or just not knowing because we moved up here and all the time I would tell my mom, you know, like I miss dad, you know, basically why is he down there? Why, um, why yeah. are we up here? And it wasn't one of those divorces where he's coming up all the time to visit, right? It was no, we would separated. Yeah. We would visit, uh, we would go down there for the whole summer, which oh. was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. A lot okay. of good memories, you know, yeah. going to the beach, uh, bodyboarding and all that stuff. <laughs> but, um, I guess to answer your first question, yeah. I had, I think it was like I was in seventh grade and I just talked to my mom about it and she just very honestly just kind of spilled the beans and said that she was not a believer. Mm. She was in the Marine Corps. Yeah. And as we all know, you know, military personnel in in certain situations as not, you know, being believers, um, you know, you're just, your commitment um, is not there necessarily for, for marriage. Um, Which was kind of like a eye opening thing for me uh, because I didn't, this all this time I figured, okay, well maybe it was something my dad did or, uh, it was a mutual thing. Yeah. Um, but she owned up to it and just said, you know, it was, it was on me and, mm. um, and that's why we ended up, uh, there's obviously more information that sure, sure. honestly, I honestly <clears throat> don't know of, but, um, as I look back and see the lifestyle and it's nothing like heinous or crazy yeah. or anything like that, but just, I get it, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, what a, what a, what an amazing thing to do to, to put that onus on yourself and yeah. say, I'm, it was me. I did this or, or I was certainly a, a, a great cause of that one as a, now a believer for her, herself, but, um, but two, as the one that's primarily raising you guys as the kids, yeah, that's a hard position to, to be. Cause you don't want to, I mean, there's looking at it from a parent's view, like we are now, it's like, man, how do you balance that with your kids that you don't want them to hate their father or, yeah. you know, something like that. But at the same time, um, how do you have that healthy relationship and restore that? Because it's so important for us to know who our biological parents are and that impact in our own identities, especially as a formative child where you're not really sure of your identity in Christ yet. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, to, to our listeners who are fatherless and motherless and, and aren't believers, I can't even imagine what that looks like, that identity crisis, which probably relates to so much of the issues we have in today's society with yeah. people struggling to find out who they are and fill that cross-filled 
void in their life with anything but God. Yep. And especially when they don't have their own parents to, to say, I am this person. I, this is my background. This is my ethnicity. This is my yep. culture. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard for her, yeah. for you guys and dad and, and for her. But I mean, just there's a lot of growth I'm sure that came from that too. Yeah. Yeah. And just speaking for myself, like I feel like being 35 now, looking back at all the maybe chaos I've, I've caused as a kid <laughs> and adult and just as a supposedly responsible Christian adult, you know, dad, <laughs> husband. Um, Definitely responsible. I can't imagine doing it without uh, my godly wife and all the godly people around me, yeah, whether yeah. it was uh, youth pastors, pastors, right. just men that I look up to, whether they were Christian or not, just how they lived their life. Right. So, you can imagine if your mentors were other Marines that didn't know the Lord at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what does that What does that do to your marriage? Yeah. <laughs> I would say, especially back in that. <clears throat> oh, back kudos that, to your you know, mom, man. To yeah. be one to be a female in the military today. Mm-hmm. Wow. But but to be a Marine female yeah. and to be a Marine female. Back then? Because that, that's when that, <laughs> there was actual sexism. She, Nothing like today. Sexism today, but it, yeah, not even related to what, what she went through for sure. Yeah. So, man. You really had to show up and... And I know your mom. I mean, she's a beast of a woman. Too, oh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> keep you guys in line. But, oh, yeah. But well, also she's... just, I mean, for her own um, strength, inner core, you've got to have a solid either... I mean, truly just a solid relationship with God to, to lean on Him to see you yeah. through any of that kind of crises. And, yeah. She definitely you know. was a servant for me, especially. I know she was, uh, served, you know, my brother and brothers and sisters, yeah, brother and sister. Um, well, but just from my own experience, just taught me just what it means to be total servant mm-hmm. to your kids. So. And, and a rock. I mean, just yep. talking about an anchor for the soul. That's what yeah. I see your mom. Yeah. The cornerstone there. So are you still in relationship with your dad today? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, we text a lot. Um, and he, me and him have gotten definitely closer over the years, um, just from texting. Um, I think as a as a kid, you wondered kind of like what the other parents thinking if they're not yeah. around as much. Right. Um, one thing I did learn from my dad, I guess I guess two things, just just from him, how he uh, exampled it to me, is that throughout the whole divorce. And even now, like never once said a bad thing about my mom. Mm. And, you know, I can't speak for what he said, maybe behind the scenes, whatever, but I just assume if it's, you know, he he never put us in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, He never spoke ill of her. Always, always said, even now, like he still loves her uh, and all that. Um, And then two, just always made family the most important thing. Mm. Like, and which is funny because now I find myself lecturing my kids the same thing. <laughs> and he, he was like the master of lectures. Like you don't get spankings. You don't get uh, stuff taken away. You just sit for two or three hours and you get lectured. And that's <laughs> well, punishment you. enough. But Thanks, it dad. was, it, it definitely drilled in my head. And that was something that I definitely cherished about my dad is, uh, you know, the respect for women, especially your wife, yeah, uh, regardless yeah. of how it ends up. And two, uh, family is everything. And he would always speak of God too. So you yeah. know, he would pray over us and, uh, one, I guess one in particular, or a couple instances, just going to sleep at night, he would like put his hand hands on my head and pray over me. Mm. And like being a child, you feel your dad's hands. Yeah. They're like strong. And, Big old strong hands. Yeah. You yeah. can, you can tell he's in, like, I can, feel, obviously he's not trying to crush my skull or anything, but like you can feel the intensity of <laughs> his. He's a big, big old Marine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of his intensity for like my life. Yeah. So yeah. That's pretty cool. Cool. And so do your kids know him? Oh yeah, definitely. Have, yeah. He's yeah. the, 
he's the spoiler with the with typical all the, grandparent. Yeah, with all the tech, and so is so is Nana is is what we call uh, my mom. Cool, so. and she's here. Yep, yep, yep. So, right so now what you mentioned in the text, the next iteration of that after uh, Stu. Yep, Stuart. Uh, he, I think they basically, from what I can remember, they just got married right away. I don't think there was much dating, and. Um, he became your stepdad. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I would say with all of his flaws, he was a great stepdad. Uh, yeah. He also taught me uh, respect for women. Uh, he taught me. Motorcycles. Uh, well, he let me, he actually took me on a lot of motorcycle rides. Okay. He didn't really teach me mechanical, mechanical stuff. Cause I think maybe he just sure. wasn't all that familiar too. Cause he, he took his stuff into the shop. Uh, but what he taught me was just like masculine things. Like mm. at the age of 10, I was shooting a pistol grip. 12 gauge shotgun. Wow. And I didn't, I didn't shoot it from my, my shoulder. I shot it from my hip. (laughs) Like like all good gangsters. Yep. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And we would actually, it was fun because we would travel up as a family, me and my brother and my sister and him and uh, my mom up to, I think it was a place called Rockport or concrete. Oh yeah. There's an old, um, all the logging roads back there. Yep. Logging, logging roads. There's one in particular spot where you go up, not even very far off the road. And it's like a platform, big old, uh, dirt backstop. Yeah. And we just have gallons of water. We blow up and just shoot. Cool. Um, I don't know how crowded it is these days, um, but just probably about five years ago or more, I would go up with a couple of buddies. One one time we celebrated um, Garrett Nagel's wedding. That was like his uh, bachelor <laughs> party. We'd go and we actually drove way past that to this really cool spot, way on the very top, like of the, the peninsula, I guess you call, or yeah, like yeah. Uh, plateau or whatever you yeah, call. Yeah. And you can look out and see. I'm assuming it's Skagit River mm. or some kind of river, but mm-hmm. it was just beautiful. Yeah. And so it just made that spot. Like we never went up that high as a family yeah. when I was growing up. But when I finally went, I was like, whoa, I was like missing out on all this stuff. And <laughs> I could have just kept driving. Yeah. <laughs> and the cool thing is too, is like going in the middle of it when you're driving, there's this huge giant steel like skeleton. Oh, it's yeah. really, really eerie. It's creepy. Yep. You go past it and you think somebody lives out here and they're yep. just going to like kill you if you keep going. Yeah. And so, the, and there's actually someone that lives out there, but yeah. Uh, Anyways. He's a nice guy. Old so, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We shot a, uh, I think we shot a vacuum cleaner at one point. From oh, so you got, you've been up the there? The top of the plateau. That's like Garrett's one of his, shout out to Garrett Nagel. Yeah. One of his favorite places. We're Mi- telling you all your favorite secrets here, Garrett. You're one of me and macho guy <laughs> with a good handshake. Garrett's the man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, um, so that was Stu. So he taught you kind of the, the manly side of what you had been missing out. Yep. Um, or, or not even necessarily the manly, but really just a father, a father figure yeah, every yeah. day consistently in your life. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was one instance I, I really appreciate because now I have a great respect for guns. Um, and I want to pass that on to my kids. Yeah. Um, and as, as it should be. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. As a tool, as something to be educated about Yep. and not, and not fear like any other tool. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so then what happened? Um, Stu. Okay. So yeah, so life goes on. He's he's in our life up until actually I think right before me and Stephanie get married. Um so there's obviously a lot in between that. Yeah. Uh and a couple I guess just to mention another another instance where he showed me, you know, just the importance of respecting women and not, you know, and standing up for your woman to say you know, to say the least, not because women are like our property or anything like that. But um <laughs> There was a guy, we, it was back when Kmart used to be here. Oh, Kmart. I was, yep. It was me, my mom, and Stuart. Love that place. <laughs> and uh, we were walking, 
think we were walking out and there's a guy at a, a payphone. Um, oh, payphones. Yeah, if nobody knows what those are. I love those things. <laughs> big old giant Superman boxes. That, and you were bringing us back today. Yep, yep. You're really revealing our age here. Payphone, beepers. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what else. Phone, uh, cars in the phone. Yeah. Or phones in yeah. the cars. Um, anyways, we were walking out. There's this guy who I guess wanted to bum a cigarette from him because he, he was clean from drugs or trying to be clean from drugs, but he was still smoked, I think, sure. to kind of to help with that. Um, yeah. And I can't remember if the guy asked my mom or him. I think he asked my mom. Yeah, because... Uh, my mom said like, no, and something like, you shouldn't be doing that. Mm. And he said something along lines towards her, like, oh, whatever, or just basically blew her off. Yeah. And not saying that this warrants a response, but <laughs> Stuart got in his face about as fast as anyone I've ever seen. Yeah. And it took me by surprise, took her by surprise, and she actually <laughs> went over there and kind of got him away from that. But just that alone. he's a gentle giant. If you yeah. You know, Stu, he's a, just a hard, I mean, just a down to earth. Oh, yeah heart serving serving he'll serving the he'll, lord yeah he'll serve yeah. serve people and so to jump in someone's face like that oh, must yeah. have caught you off guard <laughs> yeah i mean I, I and i knew i think just from knowing his background like you don't you don't mess with him but he's yeah. you know got a kind heart and yeah. then i guess another instance uh, i'm the one time when i was in high school i mouthed off to my mom too much and i totally deserved it uh <laughs> he got right in my face and I, that's the one time i think i feared for my life uh, with him, is, uh, at least, uh, no other time. Uh, but then, you know, I hated him for it at the time. Sure. But as time goes on, I appreciated him for doing that because it really showed me to respect, for one, my elders, two, my mom, mm. and women in general. And it was just like, mm-hmm. wow, that was really cool. Yeah. So I don't know if that answered yeah. your question. No, no, that's good. And and um, you had mentioned in your text how I wanted to sort of flesh out the rest of that family dynamic and where they are. Where's everybody today? Stepdad. Then you said it's stepdad-ish. Oh yeah. And you went. Yep. On. So, so Gordy would be my current stepdad. And before him, um, Stuart kind of fell off the wagon in the sense of, I think there was some events and people can, I'm sure, sure can yeah, we don't hear our, yeah, our, yeah. our church history. And he, he left my mom, uh, not on the greatest <clears> terms. <throat> uh, I think my mom was there trying to work it out uh, with him, but it was a situation where it'd probably be best for him to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he ended up actually passing away. I think it was from heart failure, um, and I'm assuming just from the hard life that yeah. he, used, he used to live and smoking sure. and all that stuff. Um, and I believe that was about ten years ago. Okay. Um, so that happened, um, which I do believe that he's in heaven. Um, you just keep adding family to your uh, family reunion. Up yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> You're gonna. Have so it. it's uh, and the more I think about it too, and the more I hear people speak about salvation and faith, it's. You know, we get to heaven, obviously, um, it needs to be an intentional decision to follow Christ, but yeah. we get there in spite of us, in not, spite. not because of right. who we are or what we did, because right. it's all about what Christ did on the cross, and death and resurrection, you know, and Amen. I mean, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us that conviction. We can't even take credit for deciding that. And Yeah, a dead body cannot make conscious decisions. Exactly, yep, yep. <laughs> and then God's the one that says, I'm going to be gracious enough to send my only son, and so... Yeah, yeah. Um, yep, so... So that happened. Um, still got a good relationship with my. Actually, I forgot to mention him. My stepbrother. Um, he, I think he's in Denver or okay. Colorado, which is the same place. <laughs> but <laughs> Colorado as a whole. Hey, we're West Coast guys. We don't know what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Those yeah. are flyover states. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so then, I can't remember if it's a couple of years go by. I think a couple of years go by, maybe a year. And somehow Gordy comes in the picture. Oh, yes, because his dear wife 
she passed away. Mm. I can't remember exactly why. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a widow, um, and he's he. My mom caught his eye, and from <laughs> from he could tell a lot better. Yeah. So maybe maybe you need to have him <laughs> on. But basically, he was just very persistent and very kind and sweet, and just really wanted to just be there to take care of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he definitely has won over. He won over me quickly, uh, and Stephanie as well. Um, and for me, I have trust issues, mm. trusting people. Yeah. But I, I, I feel like I dole out trust quickly as long as someone doesn't take advantage of it. But yeah. once they take advantage of it, it's like, you know. You're dead to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and I'm sure my brother could attest this. Uh, he just re- – Gordy just recently was mentioning how uh, Chris is – my, that's my brother, my older brother, uh, finally came around to, to really trust in him with, with my mom and not that he, you know, Chris didn't see anything in him that, that was bad or anything like that, yeah, but just, Chris uh, is a Marine who yes. also has trust issues. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, Wisely. So Dis- yep. discernment. Is yeah, good. exactly. Yeah. So, uh, they got married, uh, pretty soon after that. Um, and then I think, and during that time, kind of in between the stew and Gordy thing, my mom was a foster parent mm. and she fostered some kids and then she ended up adopting um, Alex and Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. who are my adopted brothers now. Uh, they're, I think like they're in their 20s now. But so anyways, so he married my mom um, and also adopted Aaron and Alex at the same time. Yeah. And I think they were in the middle of that stage, so <clears throat> it wasn't quite adopted yet. So. Okay. Yeah, your family just kept growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And so now your mom does what? She is a real estate agent. Yeah, she's yeah. coming over to the to the good side. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she works with Eric. Uh, I always forget his last name. Uh, uh, she, starts with the M. Is she uh, Eric Mendenhall? Yes. Is she okay? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Shout out to your mom. You want to share her name and um, oh yeah, any contact information for anyone listening that wants a good uh, realtor in Woodby Island? I should know this. I know her name, Charmaine <laughs> Agate. She can, uh, people can look her up online. Yeah. And find I think her. it's E G G E T T. Yeah. Charmaine spelled Charmaine. She's a believer. Yes. And she is obviously has been here for a long time yep. and knows yep. the lay of the land. And yep. I mean, just an incredible value add from being a resource in the community and a part of the community and supporting the community for so many years. So yeah. anybody looking to buy or sell real estate here on Woodby Island would be more than, uh, would benefit more than ever using. Her. And mm-hmm. so they can Google her, probably. I'm assuming yeah. so. Yeah, I think it's Premier Properties. Mm-hmm. Does that sound familiar? Yep. Okay. It's yeah. the little building. Uh, what's the new bank? Uh, no, it's by Alaska Bank, closer towards Tokyo. Not savvy Stop. up on the. It's off Midway. Yeah, yeah. off Midway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. So that brings the family uh, circle in. Now let's let's go back in time here. You, again, were raised here. You grew up at Family Bible, uh, praise be to God, and yeah. uh, not the Catholic Church, and um, were part of an awesome youth group, uh, Oh yeah, which I can say, um, and <laughs> <laughs> and then met your lovely wife there, uh, who was also <laughs> a youth group <laughs> kid. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, where, where do you want to start? I, I feel like what I want to draw out here is how the Lord worked in your life. You've been through all of this family drama in a good way. I mean, good and bad, but a lot of pain. There's a lot of pain and a lot of uncertainty, a lot of instability at times, a lot of, I mean, you are really having to trust the Lord with things. Yeah. And 
and probably now more so than ever, but <laughs> looking back on your life, uh, speaking at least in my case as a young knucklehead, that wasn't me. I didn't want to trust in the Lord. I wanted to trust in Tim. So h- how did you how did you find yourself trusting the Lord by by uh, free will or by him forcing you? Yeah. <laughs> and how did that play out into where you are now with your wife and married and okay. and still here? Yeah, so it's it goes all the way back to probably my kindergarten uh, age. Uh, I've always struggled with separation anxiety. There's mm-hmm. a video probably, I think of me in kindergarten. I'm literally sitting on my mom's lap, will not leave her. I'm not one of those normal kids that like, mm. yeah, I'll go to camp, mom. Like I never yeah. went to camp, was it Moran? Yeah. In fifth grade, because uh, I was too <laughs> terrified to leave my mom. And it has a nothing couple to Couple islands over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with uh, places or location. It's just for whatever reason, I got it in my head from about age five to middle school, which is uh, crazy. Yeah. Um that she was just going to all of a sudden drop dead and I'll be without a mom. And Mm. looking back now, I have a feeling that it has something to do with, um, the divorce. Yeah. Uh, just how, you know, the separation and all that stuff. Um, but also, Hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure I can be clinically, uh, diagnosed with OCD, Mm. ADHD (laughs) and definitely anxiety. I'm sure depression because that goes right, right along with it. To, uh, to all of those who also struggle with those things, if you need an outlet, Kevin's an amazing drummer, and I'm sure found an outlet in that because I can see how ADHD and other things may play yeah. along in your drumming yeah. <laughs> skills. <laughs> I don't know about amazing drummer, but appreciate it. Um, yeah, so there there is, and this is another uh, testament to just my mom's willingness to just serve me in my situation. Um, it would kind of come and go uh, from my most... I guess, uh, detailed memory, especially it was in like middle school, um, fifth grade to middle school. Mm. Uh, I would get so anxious to where it would consume my day. Um, cause she was, I think she was going to school to be a nurse. Okay. And so I would come home by myself or with my, uh, not necessarily by myself, but with, uh, my siblings. Yeah. Um, and just be just a nervous wreck crying, yeah. just having some kind of fit. And for someone my age, it seems a little nuts. Um, but she ended up having to stop doing nursing school because mm. that's all she can think of to do to help me. Um, and I was I was functional. I went to school and all that, but I had these weird quirks where I would have to call her and make sure she's okay. And yeah. um, if things changed, which is probably something that could be people who are on the spectrum, yeah. things change all of a sudden. You know, it's <clears> like, okay, now, now I don't know what if something happens where, you know, I go here, my mom's not going to meet me here because mm. I didn't tell her or whatever weird stuff like that, but to people right. who struggle with that, I'm sure they're like, oh yeah, that's nothing. Well, I mean, that. for our audience, this is back in the day when none of us had cell phones, right? Yep. Either. Yeah. So it's not like you're just like, oh, let me just text my mom. Yeah, exactly. Quick. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so there's just a school phone. Yeah. And then, so I was the weird kid always on the school phone call my mom. So, <laughs> uh, but shout out to my fifth grade. Uh, she, I guess they're just teacher cause there's not like a math or whatever. <laughs> I think it was, her name was Mrs. Phillips. She was, everybody didn't like her cause she was grumpy towards them apparently. But she was really nice towards me, maybe because mm-hmm. she saw how it was. Uh, she gifted me this big giant red vines, uh, red licorice, because oh. I recited like a, a paragraph of like this history book. Awesome. But anyway, she always <laughs> let me be excused to do that. Uh, oh, cool. So that was really cool. Um, but anyways, so junior high, it really got bad, and that's I think about the time Jim Laxon kind of got introduced as a youth pastor. Yeah. At Family Bible Church. Um, and from what I remember, basically my mom set up a meeting with him because it was just so out of control. Like 
there was nothing that seemed like would help. Mm-hmm. I'm sure medication would have helped, but I'm glad that she didn't go down that route because right, yeah. I've have I have friends that tell me not necessarily horror stories, but just stories of like how they were way overdosed oh, yeah. and overprescribed yeah. and it just right. messed with them. Um, but yeah, so I met with him and I guess to go back a little bit uh, in second grade, I would do like a wanna. Actually, grade school, I would do a wanna, and I remember they would do you know the call to salvation or wh- however they do it. Right. Um, and I just remember I was uh, distinctly I was in the shower, you know, just doing what you do in the shower. <laughs> Not supposed <laughs> to sound weird. <laughs> uh, cleaning, yeah, right? Is yeah. that what you do? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why there was that awkward pause, but anyways, I was just taking a regular shower. Okay. Uh, Nobody can see you. It's this is, this is audio only. So yes, you're, yeah, you're yeah, good. yeah. I don't know why I paused so much. Anyways, oh, that's probably the OCD kicking in. Always thinking about what people think. Um, so I distinctly remember just responding, and however I responded, I don't remember what I prayed, mm. but I just know that I wanted that. So this is this is middle school, uh, second grade. So, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, second sorry. Grade. I had to go back okay. real quick. Uh, yeah, and so. I don't know if I received salvation then. I don't know exactly what I prayed honestly. Okay. Um, and so that that may have been why I had so much anxiety because yeah. uh, I just didn't have that uh, reassurance, reassurance of salvation. Um, yeah. And maybe I was just still being on that path. Yeah. Um, so fast forward to middle school. I was always worried that my mom would die and mm. she'd be in heaven and I would not be or I would yeah. just be separated from her. Yeah. Um, and so Jim, uh, met with me. I got to know him. It was the first time I met him cause he was the new youth pastor and he showed me, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but the cross demonstration Yeah, where you have a cliff on one side, cliff mm-hmm. on the other, and basically draws it out and kind of says, okay, where, where are you, where are you? Are you on the cross or are you on the other side or are you on the side where you still need to walk across the cross? Yeah. And I think I... I said I was probably like in the middle because I feel like I except what good kid doesn't. Want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like yeah. Right here in the middle. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So in, which is crazy that I don't really remember exactly how the prayer went and, um, and what all was said, but mm. I do remember, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, rededicating my life to Christ, making sure that I knew what salvation was mm. and that I was securing him, um, Right there at the meeting, or at yeah, a, right, right there in that meeting. Yeah, okay. it, it was. I think it was longer than that, but it was probably him getting to know me yeah. and hearing like kind of my anxiety stuff and basically counseling me. But yeah. then he would, um, he brought that in. So cool. That was really cool. And what he did was he uh, gave me a student Bible, the NIV version, which is even cooler. Way fast forward. Sorry, a little <laughs> tangent. Um, I was at this other church for a, a little magic camp they were putting on for my younger son, and they had that same exact Bible in their library. Really? In, like, mint condition. So I, wow. I messaged them, and they let me have it for free, so I gifted that to my older son. Wow. So anyways. you didn't have the original copy that you had? Uh, I, I still have it somewhere, but it's probably really torn up and beat okay. up from all the, the um, retreats and everything. Okay. Was um, that the Presbyterian church? The white one. The white one? Yep. The big one? Yeah, yeah. My son also went to that magic camp. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> Side tangent, ADHD. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> back to... Yep, so... Imagine. So you have um, this kid's NIV Bible. Yep, yep. Yeah. And wrote on it the exact date, um, I accepted Christ, um, and moved forward, and, I, and, and this is how... This is what, I guess, has shown me that there was actual spiritual change, mm. uh, physical change whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. 
that my salvation was real. Cause like I never went anywhere. It's too afraid to even go to spend that in my friend's house. Not because I was afraid to be over there, but just because separation, separation mom. anxiety. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I go on my first retreat for like a week. Yeah. Um, to the Dunes, Dunes Bible Dunes Camp. Bible Camp. Yeah. yeah. Which I think we did the, <laughs> did we do the work one first and then we did the Yeah, one? we would do the work one at uh, spring break. Yeah. And then we would come back in the summer for the counseling okay. camp. And I think I, I don't think I did the work one yet because I wasn't ready or I missed it, but we did the counseling uh, camp one. Counseling camp one. Yeah. yeah. And, um, which was a lot of fun because I actually became, or I was a counselor then, but, yeah. um, and I think I remember I even walked someone through salvation then too. Right. Which I didn't know anything about anything. <laughs> no, so but you, you, hopefully you, I didn't lead them astray. So <laughs> you learn so much when you teach it. Yeah. And when you're serving others, which you're doing that entire week. Yeah. That's basically living out the gospel is getting outside of your own self and and serving those yeah. around you. Yeah. And so so you were saying this is that was the probably the first time you were away and and didn't have a yeah. nervous breakdown or it were was you... no it was I mean the, I think the nervous was there because I'm so used to I was so used to having anxious nervous breakdowns. Yeah. But it was just. I was, my mind was busy and serving others. Yeah. Serving others. And I just didn't have it. And yeah. cool. I didn't even have, you know, obviously didn't have a phone, never made a phone call back home. Yeah. Um, and it all worked out. Um, and then to wow. fast forward a little bit further, which was not too far, probably in the summertime. Cause I think dunes was a little bit. That was in, yeah. Like early June. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, so summertime is door shack. Yeah. And so that's, I think dunes was a little bit better cause it wasn't as far as like Oregon. <laughs> Or was it? Yeah, uh, Dunes is, um, for those listening, down in beautiful Long Beach, Washington, there you go. on the yeah. peninsula, just north of the Oregon border, off the mouth of the Columbia River. And Dorshack is Idaho. six hours east in the Dorshack Reservoir, ski yep. ski and tubing and um, wakeboarding Yeah, out there. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that Dorshack stuck a lot. Um, Dunes stuck out to me as evidence uh, but also door shack mostly because when I got there, I distinctly remember like we had to get, we parked, we had to get on a boat and like go to that, oh. this Island. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I know once I get on this boat, that's it. The, you know, this payphone right here is not <laughs> yeah. going to be ready for me. Right. Right. And so I distinctly remember just be like, I guess, you know, I just need to trust God. Okay, he's gonna, yep. Yeah. And I was, I was, I was, it was starting to kind of ramp up and I was kind of getting nervous, but I remember, I, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but Alan Shell just came up to me. Uh, if anybody doesn't know who that is, yeah. uh, fantastic man of the God yeah. yep, yep. <laughs> uh, from church. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, he just kind of came up to me and, and just talked to me and, uh, just gave me a piece, um, knowing that I wasn't there alone. Mm. Um, mm. yeah. So just, I went through all that, came home and just like my anxiety was gone. Like it was just gone. It was like a night and day difference. Yeah, and I'm night- sure your mom was relieved, but even more so, like you just hinted at, I mean, what an incredible physical example of the transformative transformative power of Christ yeah, exactly. when he becomes real to you in your life. Like you had known about him yeah. basically your whole life. You grew up in the Catholic church, yep. you baptized in the Catholic yeah. church, and then raised in this Protestant non-denominational church, and and you had the, that head knowledge, you, had the, you knew the Bible, you had all the academics down, Awanas even. Uh, but then the relationship and that became real yep. and that transformed your life. Yeah. I mean, in a physical, obviously a physical way. So yep. yeah. what did your mom think when you got back and you were still alive and she was still alive and you were both in one piece? And <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was just really, really, really relieved because I'm sure she was worn out from all my chaotic mm. uh, nervous breakdowns. Yeah. But, so, and just, I think just to see godly men take over yeah. kind of the reins. So, 
Yeah. Well, yeah, and that too, that's a good point, bring, bringing up, you know, for someone who didn't have the father figure in your life day to day, necessarily in that capacity, having um, having Jim Laxon and Alan Shell and other men uh, that were um, here, part of the youth group and pouring into your life spiritually and physically, just um, incredible examples there. And yeah, going, going to these camps that are weeks long and, and <laughs> not being with cell phones and, you know, having to, uh, totally rely on, on God is a good test of that. Yeah. <laughs> of that faith. Um, so would you say, you know, that's a question I always have in my own life because I struggle with so much sin. Um, as do I. <laughs> <laughs> and I and not I'm, to leave you out there to... <laughs> I, I'm saved, right? Yeah, but but how how do you... Is it is it totally gone? Do you find yourself going back into... In times of great depression or, or even heavy stress usually is where we're um, tempted the most or, or when you're alone or, um, you know, really painful things happen in your life. Do you find yourself reverting back to that fear and, and maybe not even necessarily of separation from your mom, but... Uh, maybe of your wife or others, or or at least just the anxiety and things yeah. like that. Or do you feel like you, the Lord has um, brought you through that, and you've got a good grip on how to teach that to others that are also struggling with? Yeah, this I guess two things. Um, so that in itself, it did come back, which was kind of like a crisis of faith. Is like, mm. okay, so does that mean I'm not saved? Right, so, right. And that's actually uh, kind of where my meeting with Ron Lawler, our current, um, lead pastor at our church uh, started. Mm. Um, and it was just, just a bunch of fleeting thoughts and just mulling over. I'm like, what does this mean? What does that mean? Mm. And, um, quite a bit. And even today there's times where I, I, I question it. Um, and sorry, I guess to, to go back a little bit, um, going, going through that, uh, was really, really rough. And it actually just, it was, it was a pretty dark moment. Um, and Stephanie can, uh, this was post-marriage now. Yeah. Post-marriage. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> probably in my, t- probably 25 years old, uh, up until this point. Because you got married when you were like 19. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 21 actually. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, just, just barely a drinking age, but, uh, yeah, it just seemed like out of nowhere. And I guess the best way I can, I can describe it is that whatever I love dearly, it seems to attack it. And not to give anxiety like this, like monster that has a mind of its own, but it seems like that, like it was my mom. And then now it's like, um, you know, uh, thoughts about my children or Mm. thoughts about my wife. Yeah. um, Yeah. And just all kinds of worries. Um, Not even the anxiety that has a mind of its own, but Satan and his demons that have influence over that on the exterior inputs into your life that then focus that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anxiety into things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it, it almost seemed like someone was attacking me from the outside and, mm. and meeting with Ron and I don't want to take words out of his mouth, but, um, basically I think the way he put it is that Satan can't put thoughts into our minds, mm. but he's been around for so long that he's been studying us from, <laughs> he's you know, an excellent. Yeah, student, exactly. Man. So <laughs> I'm sure there's ways that he, uh, he can, <clears throat> influence us from the outside. Yeah. Uh, if we're, you know, if we're secure in Christ, obviously if we're not, then right. there's, there's possession and all that stuff. Um, so I guess to answer your question on that, um, yeah. If, how if do you, you asked it, how I cope? How do you, yeah. How do you cope? Yeah. How yeah. do you combat? How would you encourage someone else who's also struggling with that? And I can, I can share that about, uh, my wife. I think she'd be comfortable with me sharing that here as she has been 
in the past, but she's also someone who struggles with anxiety. So mm. how would you encourage uh, my wife and, and others like that that are struggling with things like that that um, that really, really consume you? I mean, yeah, I, I can't speak from experience in, in that particular realm, but from experiencing with Grace, it totally consumes her, oh, yeah. cripples her. Yeah. In, in all aspects uh, yeah. of life for, for whatever length of time that is. And, and she's a believer. Yep. So yep. how would you, how do you do it? How do you encourage others? Yeah. So definitely coping with it, obviously speaking to someone that you trust. Um, um, and I could definitely agree with that. Like you, you feel so consumed. There's, there's times where like I'm at work and one thought comes through my head and, mm-hmm. and I mull, mull over it for like sometimes days on end. And then I don't know where I just kind of, okay, it's done. Yeah. And it was just like, my goodness. Like, why did it take so long to, yeah. <laughs> and you feel like a freak. Cause you're just like mm. sitting there like nobody, at least for me. Yeah. Cause I, I don't, when I'm going through that, it, I, I'm very internal. You assume you're totally alone. Yeah. Nobody else in the world is like this. You're exactly. one in a nine billion. Yep. Yeah. Where's my crazy <laughs> pills? Send me to the hospital. Um, and that's actually what like, I always tell Ron. And I tell my wife, Stephanie that like, all right, I'm going to the, to uh, see my shrink, you know? And I'm always, always, always go there anxious. Cause of course, and, yeah. and depressed that like, I have to go do that, mm. but I always leave there. And I, and I, I guess I, the only disclosure I would say to me, I would recommend it being someone who is a Bible believing Christian. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Cause you can go off some kind of, for one demonic way where you <clears throat> seek things that are not good, but also yeah. to something where someone suggests you seek oh, just internal peace with yourself mm. and mm-hmm. which is a selfish way of thinking of it. Yeah. Um, and so anyways, I guess coping with it and helping people that go through it, uh, as much as it might be terrifying, don't be afraid to at least say, Hey, I'm struggling with this. I don't feel comfortable saying it cause it sounds crazy, Sure, but there's someone that I do feel comfortable with that I want to go to speak with them. And then over time, right. you know, you can let out bits and pieces that you're comfortable with and then people yeah. would understand, oh, okay, that makes sense. Now I, right. you know, the loved one or someone else that cares about you mm-hmm. is like, okay, you know, they're they're not in their own head also worrying like, well, what are they thinking about? You know, don't need to call the police or <laughs> something, you know, crazy like that, which is sure. You know, not the case. There's extreme cases obviously, but, yeah. um, and I think that's where it's a relief for us as people who worry about things. Cause we don't feel like the crazy person, <laughs> uh, you know, the people we talk to, they're like, Oh yeah, you're not crazy. Like I've, I've heard we worse. We all struggle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all struggle. Yeah. And then the person that's, worrying about you going through what you're going through can know like, okay, they're being taken care of. Yeah. Things, so. Yeah. Well, that's a, that brings up a good point. I mean, uh, two good points. One, Christ is, is so glorified when in your weakness and my weakness, we are totally dependent on him and other fellow believers that are supporting us through that and giving him the glory for that because it, it forces us to our knees like, ah, you're right, Lord. I'm not superhuman. I need you. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. You know, and, and and especially for someone like me who's very stubborn, I if I'm not forced to my knees in, in desperation of Him, you know, that's a that's a that's a difficult thing, but but so pertinent to draw me back to the Lord. And so I can I can imagine that there's some peace there, and that as you said, you're 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 able to connect and using this struggle to force you into relationship with other men of of God and then be able to give that weakness to the Lord. And and one, we're all we're all human, we all have struggles, right? And so and then the second point to that is how awesome 
is this testimony for you as a son, as a husband, and as a father, where where we or or maybe I we struggle with wanting to be all there for our wife or all there for our kids. Yeah. You know, I I should be the best dad. I have a mug. Yeah. <laughs> world's best dad, right? And, yeah. and if I'm struggling with this thing and my and especially if my kids see it, they see a fault in me, God forbid, you know, what does that do to my own uh identity? Um but I think speaking as a son, um <laughs> seeing my own dad struggle with weakness but yeah. overcome it on account of the Lord yep. and not give into it or not, or when he gives into it to immediately turn back and ask the Lord for forgiveness. Yep. Yep. I mean, to see that faithfulness is what I long for and is what has spurred me on in my whole life. Because I, I grew up in the church similar to you, surrounded by Christian uh, heroes that I read about and these amazing pastors that I listen to and these books, biographies of people that were missionaries to China and did amazing things for the Lord. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's so cool, but how, how does that relate to me? And then I see my own dad and my own other men in my life who are struggling with just regular stuff, and yeah. I, and but they're still overcoming, and they're they're faithful to the Lord day in and day out. And and when they fall, not if they fall, when they fall, yeah, exactly. they immediately come back to God and, and ask for his forgiveness. And, and that, to me, is more of an encouragement and more of an accountability and more of a exhortation than these amazing peaks of heroic people who are sort of one-off examples. As great as Paul is, it's Peter (laughs) that is faithfully following Christ in spite of his own pridefulness or his own whatever that encourages me more, you know, or things like that. And so there's, there's, I think there's just great witness to, to your story that your kids get to hear and see and learn from, and especially if they struggle with similar things and or their friends. And, and it seems like today, at least, a lot more kids are struggling with anxiety mm-hmm. than I've ever heard of. And yeah. maybe it's just social media that you hear about it more, but they certainly seem to struggle with anxiety and and an identity crisis and this, this fear uh, that allows them, if they're believers, allows Satan to get this sort of foothold into their life um, than ever before. And so I think your story is not only totally relevant, but very much, I know it's very much appreciated. So thank you. Yeah. So do you feel like this is an ongoing, like, do you just feel beaten down or yeah, do you feel like, there, ah, we're good. We got this. <laughs> yeah. So there's definitely days that it feels like, you know, you, you, I, I feel untouchable in the sense of like, you know, I'm not struggling with anxiety, so everything's good. Yeah. Um, and when I do struggle with it or, you know, I hear a sermon and I feel like, you know, he's speaking directly to me, but it's on salvation. It's like, what is that? <laughs> What does that mean? Did you put my name in there? Yeah. <laughs> and so I guess out of, for all, all the years I've worried about it, I finally come to this, this point just recently, I think, um, just listening to different sermons and, and reading the Bible and being told like, you know, uh, verses that, that, um, speak on salvation mm. is just, you know, when I have those doubts to ask myself, but also, um, one of my sons, they struggle with it just like I do. Okay. Um, and just so it's almost hereditary as yeah. opposed to divorce related. Yeah, 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 I think so, uh, or biological, mm-hmm. or, or, which you know stems back from the fall. You know, we all have something we right. struggle with. Um, but not to go on a tangent, um, to ask myself the question like, what do I believe? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's really what I found. You know, salvation is it's there's a lot more to it, but it's as simple as repent and believe. And repent mm-hmm. sounds like this like hellfire brimstone <laughs> thing, but it's really not. It's 
you know, you're turning away from your old self, from your sin, your sin, and you're turning towards Christ. Right. You know, and you believe that he's the one that can get you to God, Mm. you know, and obviously it, you know, we, we, we tend to forget a lot about the Holy Spirit. He's this unsung, unsung hero. Yeah. But he's the one that gets us to, oh yeah, I am depraved. I, I am headed to hell. I need Mm. to, you know, find the one that can get me out of hell and also right with the father and into the eternal promise of heaven which is through Jesus Christ and what, and what he did on the cross and death and resurrection, death and resurrection. Um, but yeah. And so I, I find myself just repeating that a lot. Um, and not that saying it again, makes you more saved or, <laughs> Oh, I'm saved now or whatever, yeah, but just yeah. reminding you, you know, yourself, like, what do I believe? And yeah. if I believe what's correct, then it's not me that holds it. It's God. Right. You know, absolutely. So. I mean, there's so much truth in, in visualizing your success and what the world would say. And, and there's so much um, worldly counsel on, hey, put your goals on the wall, stand before yourself in the mirror and say three positive words of affirmation in the yeah. morning. Do all these things that, that actually does work in building up your own confidence, but that's because you're attempting to build up your own confidence. But in the same way, reading scripture every day, mm. praying over yourself, having someone else pray over you, yeah. Um, uh, teaching your wife and your kids and leading them in the Lord, which forces us out of our own self and forces our own um, uh, selfishness away from yeah. it when I'm not, you know, feeling joyful about my family right now or whatever, <laughs> you know, like any of those things, doing that day to day, as you mentioned, reminding yourself that you are a believer, reminding yourself, not that it encourages your salvation or grows your salvation or any of that, but doing those things helps bring you and keep you anchored through all of that, which I can see, um, being very helpful and, and successful. And then, yeah, being able to teach your own son and and others around you and encourage uh, them through that. So, which is, I guess, going back to that part, um, I don't know if you've ever, uh, struggled with this or witnessed in your own life, like when your kids ask questions or they even doubt, like, Mm. well, I don't know if I believe that about Jesus. And it's like, for me, it's like, what? No, you have to. You know, it's like, this is my only job here, you know, (laughs) but like, (laughs) I failed as a parent. (laughs) And so, uh, I guess that, and that's where that whole, like, what do I believe thing, uh, come, I've learned to, for one, give it to God, but also Mm. just answer a simple question from the child. Like, okay. And then ask them, what do you believe? And then this is what scripture says. If you believe that, then you'll be saved. And giving that over to God and not being like that. I hate to say helicopter parent, no, but like there's truth to that. Cause yeah. there's nothing that we can do. We try to do it by our own strength. Yeah, like if exactly. I'm a little bit stronger, I can just force you into church harder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that doesn't drive people away ever yeah. <laughs> from church. Yeah. <laughs> which, which both of them have uh professed faith in Christ, uh, which is awesome. Um, yeah. That is awesome. But because of my OCD and anxiety, I'm always like, I don't see it today. And it's like, yeah. well, yeah, it's not a, did you see it yourself works. when you were that age? No. <laughs> At least it was sporadic. <laughs> also sporadic. Yeah. Right? So I and guess. Praise be to God. We are both sitting here. Yeah. Amen to that. <laughs> saved and secure. Yep. In God's hand. And so that's that's just a, I guess a reminder just to be in peace, knowing that if you minister to them the way God wants you to, mm. then you can rest knowing that it's in God's hand. Oh yep. man, there's so much peace in that because, and I think that you hit on that well. There, you can only do what the Lord has called you to do. Now, if you're not being faithful to that, then yes, shame yep. on you. Like, yeah. step up to the plate, man. Yep. 
But if the Lord has called you to this and you are faithful to follow through, then let him complete that good work. And, and then it's, yeah, it, it theoretically should be so, so peaceful to say, okay, I've done as best as I can do here. I'm, I'm letting you go. You've got this and giving that up to the Lord and, um, very easy to say, but in practice, I yeah. know, hard to do. So, so it's a long way of answering your question about anxiety. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was good. So, I, you know, I just I appreciate that, and um, and we'll wrap it up here this segment of it uh, before we bring it to a close. But I wanted to uh, end with so you're you're married. You've got two kids. Uh, you married your sweetheart from oh uh, yeah from youth group. <laughs> And, and I've always looked up to you. For those of you uh, who need a picture here, uh, Kevin Bloss is your quintessential uh, skater uh, punk that I viewed him <laughs> I as. I don't skate, in, but I wish I did. <laughs> in high school, you know, he had long, flowing black hair. Actually, yeah. to, be, to be real, it changed every other month. Sometimes it was shaved or That's mohawk yeah. or long hair. but. It was just cool. You were cool, and um, thanks. And uh, you know, now I, you're cooler than I am. I, well, I not not at all. I imagine you skating around, but you were surfing, and I and wish. you're you're all tatted up, and you're just a sweet hunk of a man that uh, <laughs> loves the Lord with all your heart, and uh, and your family, and is uh, an amazing example of Christ uh, to those around us in the community here. How do you see yourself now going forward? You know, obviously we've all got our struggles, but you're. You're a family man. You're a, a husband, father. You've, you're surrounded by great clouds of witnesses in your family here. Yeah. Um, how do you see yourself continuing this in this trajectory? And and my one of my keywords is legacy. How do you view yourself and in, in your role in imparting a legacy to our listeners, to your kids, to your wife, to those in the in the church, uh, the local church, and the global church? Where do you see that? It's it's yeah. a broad question. But yeah, no. You can go any direction. <laughs> <laughs> I guess one specifically, and there's definitely more that uh, could be, I guess, added onto it, but just uh, recently, just really staying in the word, mm. uh, praying regularly. And there's been so many times I've taken that for granted. Uh, there's definitely, definitely power in prayer to God, mm. um, not this, this fake stuff, um, but to the God of the Bible. Um, yeah. And, just being a simple godly man who is a decent spiritual leader. Mm. Uh, and I say decent not to be, not to, <laughs> not to cop out, but um, cause I'm sure we can always uh, do better. So always, always doing better each day to be a spiritual leader uh, for my wife and for my kids and just really looking past just our, our four person family and like seeing, okay, they're going to have, my two sons are going to have wives someday. Mm. What does that look like to get there? Um, mm. And I know in my own personal past, just I would say reckless dating uh, mm-hmm. was not the best way to go about it. So I'm, I'm listening to, to books and uh, trying to find it, I guess, or more so listening to uh, Christian authors mm. on how to prepare them for that um, and not do it in the way of the world, but do it biblically, everything, do everything biblically. Um, and obviously God gives us freedom in, with creativity, um, as long as it's in line with his will, mm. uh, which to some people might sound restrictive, um, but God's the one that created everything Oh yeah, and he created our minds, which are creative. So <clears throat> God is a creator of creativity. So um, much freedom in that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just being, being faithful in that, because if I start there, uh, if God takes me somewhere else, I know that 
our foundation is mm. solid. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I think sometimes, and I know for me especially, because I, I, I enjoy going to mission trips and serving other people. I can oh, easily yeah. make myself too busy. And I have before. And in recent events just recently have really helped me to just be a home base. Mm. So without being a hermit, obviously. That is an interesting uh, pin in it conversation that I want to point at because I have, yeah. We'll go, we'll get, can, uh, how do you feel about an episode two? At as, some point, as long as as long as the uh, the viewers uh, want it or the, the listeners, I guess. If yeah. if uh, if you drop like CNN, then uh, uh, I'll back off. <laughs> no, I think there's an interesting um, plug I want to pick your brain about there with um, what that looks like—the balance between your call to missions and home body, as you said. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that in a second uh, uh, or next episode. But I wanted to end here on two things. One. Uh, can you give uh, me and the audience two or three uh, people that you really have in, enjoyed listening to or reading um, that gives you a lot of this kind of spiritual, um, well, it doesn't have to be spiritual, but sort of just growth and all around stuff that you've really gained a lot of insight from. Okay. It could be books or podcasts or YouTube or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely a podcast listener guy, obviously. I would say Tim. <laughs> number one fan. Yeah, number one fan. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, Tim's is definitely great. Um, I would say uh, if I had to choose three people, um, Vody Bauckham. Amen. Very, very challenging uh, pastor to listen to. Um, and there's definitely could be debate on certain things he preaches on that I even wrestle with. Like, oh, I didn't know that that was quote unquote unbiblical. Um, yeah. Him. Uh, I enjoy listening to Jim Laxon, who was our firm, former uh, youth pastor now village mission missions lead pastor over in is it Cottonwood yeah Cottonwood uh, California. North California uh, on late I think it's Lake Community Lake Community Church dot com uh, his sermons um, and then I would say just for regular um, who he professes to be a Christian uh, Dan Bongino mm. he's a former I've not heard of this FBI one. guy he's on okay. Fox News okay uh, kind of a meathead. I think he's from New York, so he's got that classic New York. But he's funny. New York FBI meathead look. Yep, yep. <laughs> okay. So he's got a lot of if you uh, if you like being those people that are lab- labeled uh, conspiracy theorist, he mm. actually shows how a lot of it's not conspiracy theory. Interesting. Okay. So, but, he, um, but he's a believer. You said. Yeah, he's a believer. Okay. Which unfortunately, lately his podcasts have went from clean or cleanish <clears throat> to e. So I don't okay. rec- I don't recommend, and not that he's uh, crude, but. He uses swear words. Sure. So, okay. Caution with that. But uh, Dan, Bun- Dan Dan Bongino. Bongino. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's not on Fox News anymore, but he has his own show. Own show, the Dan Bongino. Uh, he's got a shaved head. He looks like a meathead. So, really, <laughs> he's he's pretty funny. Um, and so, yeah. You, you have a shaved head now. Yes, I do. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm just not so much a meathead like oh, okay. he is. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> thick islander. Thick islander. Yeah. Boy. Yes. Okay. So, anyways, those those guys. Yeah. Awesome. All right. And uh, I wanted to wrap this up and end it with a question. Um, I recently discovered how, how big of a Disney fan you are. Can you share with us when that started and why? Um, I think I inherited that. Um, although I do have a tattoo of uh, Steamboat Willie. Oh, there it is. And now, uh, now I, I, this is the only tattoo I understand I may have regret oh, depending no. on how far Disney wants Our to go. Our parents were right. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on You're how far. You're going to regret those someday, Kevin. <laughs> In my defense, Steamboat Willie represented a uh, quintessential classic. Yeah, classic, good wholesome, family, family wholesome friendly. Family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't say that 
for, for who's running Disney, Disney. Yeah, today. Modern Mickey Mouse. So, is a, my, I might be, I might be adding a uh, tombstone next to Mickey here in a little <laughs> bit, depending. Um, what was the question? No, that was it. That was it. We okay. are. Uh, my I, wife is an avid. Uh, your Disney wife's fan. the avid fan. Yeah. Obviously, she doesn't stand for all the garbage that they're doing now. No, no. Like me, she likes the classic. Uh, Masculine man wins over the heart of the princess. Mm, clean, the good, clean, true fun. Disney stories. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the not the modern age brave Disney stories where the men men are all bumbling fools. Yep. There's yeah. no men in sight, and <laughs> the the men that are in sight yeah. are just totally incompetent. Yep, yep, yep. And there's yeah, <laughs> yeah. That could awesome. be a whole different a whole different podcast. Whole different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was good. It was good to see a picture of your bedroom wall with Disney ears covering the wall. So. And, and to know that you're still a manly man and you've oh, got yeah. this down. So. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you, Kevin, as always. And I'm, I look forward you to too. having you on the air again. And to all of our listeners, as always. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Anna Vivo podcast. We welcome your feedback and ideas. You can learn more about us by simply Googling the word Anavivo. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. I am a licensed real estate broker with Compass Real Estate and a nationwide real estate matchmaker. We consult with you for free, find and vet the right real estate professional that specializes in the area and niche you need, are paid by that professional, and they get clients like yourself who want and need their unique specialty or winning track record. If you or someone you know is in the market to buy or sell real estate anywhere in the U.S., don't simply web search the highest paying advertiser. Let us use our licensed experience to find and vet the real and best professional for you. It costs you nothing but a phone call or email with me and it saved my clients financially and emotionally. I'd be honored to serve and you can reach me direct by email at tim.c.miller at outlook.com. And as always... To God be the glory.